Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. We are just so pumped and excited that you joined us this morning as we take a look at week two in the four-week talk conversation series, whatever you want to call it, that we're in the middle of called Reflections, the story of Jesus. And one of the things that we've just really been committed to and passionate about during this particular four-week time is looking at the life of Jesus and looking at more particularly what theologians refer to as his best friend. Friend, a guy by the name of John, what he actually had to say about Jesus. And so we're going to dive into that in just a second. And in fact, if you missed out on last Sunday, um, you need to go back and listen online. It was a really powerful time as we actually looked at the question, who is he? Who is Jesus? That we actually think that some of us might actually know the answer, but do we really know the answer to that question? Last week was a really powerful time. So, before we kind of dive in, I just have a question for you, because I did an experiment this week, and I thought the experiment was very interesting, and I just kind of wanted to know if maybe you've ever done the same experiment. I asked somebody who was one of my best friends, the guy who just did the announcements up here by the name of John, I asked him, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, if you were to describe me using like particular characteristics, maybe they're words or phrases, how would you describe me? I would just be interested to know that. I think that's interesting. I've asked my wife before how she would describe me, but I wanted to ask my best friend, particularly filtering it through this series that we're in, hey, how would you describe me? What characteristics would you say are in my life, my life as a representative? of. Well, he, he named a couple of them. Number one, he said pencil neck, which I thought was interesting. And so I thought that was very interesting. I said, pencil. he goes, you really think that? He goes, yeah, actually I do. I, I, I think that. And then he goes, this one I actually agreed with, but he goes, I think you're probably full of energy. I said, yeah, okay, I could admit that. I get up in the morning and I've been known to have instant energy. Yeah. And then he said a couple that really just started to burn me a little bit. But then he goes, physically weak. I would describe you as physically weak. And I said, physically weak? I said, we've been going to the same gym. I see you in the gym. I said, last week you barely talked to me in the gym. He goes, yeah, but you're not on my level. And I said, okay. And then I said, what else? How else would you describe me? What else would you say? He goes, well, my last one is malnourished. And I said, malnourished. Interesting. And he's like, yeah, I would, you know, eating habits are a little poor. And I said, so malnourished. And I said, now, come on, really? Because he was joking. I said, what were some adjectives or some characteristics that you would say are representative of my life? And he actually had a couple that were nice and I appreciated that he said. The first one was passionate. He goes, whatever you do, he goes, you kind of just pour your whole self into it. You're dedicated to whether it's the church or writing about volunteering and traveling the country and talking to church leaders, right? You're passionate about that. You're driven. So he said, passionate and driven. He goes, you're never just going to be settled with or okay with the status quo. You're always going to want to drive, always going to want to do better, no matter how long it takes. And then you're committed. You're committed to your church, to your family. And that's something that I thought was a decently, you know, okay, appropriate way to describe my life. I actually felt pretty good about that. The reason I bring up characteristics of particularly my life today is because what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of hit the pause button and we're going to look at some characteristics of the life of Jesus and what that means for each and every one of us. Because I said to you, we are actually in the book of John, this entire series. We're kind of going like line by line through the scripture, through certain chapters as we kind of look at what the book of John, the guy who was said to be Jesus' best friend, right, as he walked the earth, had to say about Jesus. And the book of John is one of the four Gospels, right, in the, in the New Testament. They are the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then finally the fourth book is John. 
And these gospels are said to be the first-hand accounts of the life of Jesus. In fact, these four books are those first-hand accounts of the life of Jesus. And one of the things that we think and we know and we believe about the book of John is that the book of John was actually written about 40 years after the other gospels. Because, in fact, the book of John is the only gospel not to address the birth of Jesus. Because the book of John, when John sought out to write about the life of Jesus, John was writing basically to help fill in the gaps of the other Gospels. See, some heresy or untruths were starting to make their way back into the local church at this time. And people were starting to kind of indicate that Jesus might not be who he said that he was, might not be the Son of God. And John sought out to write his Gospel to correct all that. In fact, he sought out to write his gospel to prove that Jesus actually was God. So in this series, we said that we were going to do something every single week and that we were going to ask a question every single week. And we were going to kind of start out by asking a question. That way it would kind of help us set the bar, set the tone for what we were going to talk about during this particular week. And here's the question for this week. Here it is. Why did he come to earth, right? Because last week we asked the question, who is he? And we said that he was God. He was ever-present. He's been there since the beginning. The beginning of what time? The end of time. He actually is God. So then we ask ourselves this question this week. If that's who he is, if he is God, why did he have to come to earth, right? Why, if he was this ever-present, ever-powerful being, did he have to come to earth? Why then, again, would he have to live amongst human beings? If he was so powerful, and he was God, who we believe that he is, they're a part of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, why would he have to come to earth? Well, we kind of look directly in the book of John, chapter 1, for the answer to this ever-present question. Now... If you have a scripture, you can open it to John chapter 1. We were in John verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 last week. This week, we are going to be in John chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. There's actually a zero left off this slide, so I want where it's supposed to be 10, so I want to correct that and make sure that you understand as you're following along that these are verses John chapter 1, 10 through 18. So let's kind of dive in as we look at the question, why did he come to the earth, right? He came into the very world he created. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, the ancient Jewish people, right? Who we're going to even dive more into next Sunday as we look at another question. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. The very people, right, the very people who had been promised a Messiah, the very people who would have been aware of the prophecy, right, these ancient Jewish religious people, these very people who would have been promised a Messiah and knew that he was going to come, the people who have been waiting for him forever rejected him since the beginning of their time, since the beginning of their existence. And it goes on to say this, if you're following along, it says, they are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. I want to go back for just a second. I want to go back and I want to look 
at the word, and I want to redo this. So go forward for me one slide, right? The word is Jesus Christ. John refers to Jesus as the word. So let's go back and let's read this again, substituting the word with the name of Jesus. So Jesus became human and made his home among us. He was full of two things, unfailing love and faithfulness. The word is Jesus Christ. We know that. But I also want to look at those two phrases that are ever present in that text that are so important. And the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of us, even if we've been studying the scripture for any length of time or been a part of the local church for any length of time, we have to understand how important these two phrases are that are in the text during this verse, right? And here's, the, here's what they are, unfailing love and faithfulness. This idea, the unfailing love of Jesus is so powerful and so emotional that the love that he would present humanity is unfailing and he's so faithful, more faithful than we could ever understand or imagine, unfailing love and faithfulness. The reason I started out by talking about characteristics of my life, and if you ask someone in your life, they might give you some words or phrases that describe yourself because do you know what unfailing love and faithfulness are? Think about this. Don't miss this. Do you know what unfailing love and faithfulness are? They are characteristics of God. They are characteristics of God. Unfailing love, faithfulness. And John goes on, right? And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, Jesus John testified, talking about a guy by the name of John the Baptist. We're not going to go deep into that today, but it's not actually the same John here. Just be aware of that. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me, confirming the existence of Jesus, just like we looked at last week as we answered the question, who is he? From his abundance, we've all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through who? Jesus Christ. But it's easy for us to breeze through that, right? It's easy for us to just breathe, breeze through that again. Look at this again. Look, how, look at this carefully. God's what? Unfailing love and faithfulness unfailing love and then faithfulness want to know what those are they're characteristics of God Jesus represented them here on earth unfailing love and faithfulness they are characteristics of God so important that John the author of this who was writing to confirm that Jesus was God so important to him that he mentioned it twice that those two characteristics, unfailing love and faithfulness, are mentioned twice. But then, this is so key, this is the whole point of this entire message. He goes on for one more verse, and he talks about what Jesus is doing as he represents unfailing love and faithfulness on this earth. This is so key, don't miss this, look up here. This is so key for us understanding what the purpose was of this. Here it is. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God, Jesus, is near to the Father's heart. Then he goes on 
with, I believe, the most important line. He has revealed God to us through unfailing love and faithfulness. Throughout his life, he represented God. He revealed God to us here on earth, almost as if he walked to say, a lot of you have been wondering what God is like for a long, long time. What's he really like? Here I am to show you unfailing love and faithfulness. Jesus walked the earth to show humanity who God really was. And that's key. That's what's so important about this. Because we have to understand that Jesus walked among us. As we look at the question, why did he come to earth? Because a lot of us would answer that question and go, he came to earth to die to save humanity. Yes, he did, should we believe in that. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. We believe that's true. We believe that he came to earth to make human beings, should they believe in him, right with God the Father. We believe that's true. But we also believe that Jesus walked the earth to show humanity who God really was. And the interesting thing about unfailing love and faithfulness was even though those are characteristics that kind of summarize who Jesus was, they certainly weren't all of the characteristics that summarized his life. Because if you look at the life of Jesus, you understand what a miraculous thing it was that he walked amongst humanity. Because the characteristics that Jesus exhibited in his life were so amazing and so good and so rooted in what humanity is supposed to understand about God. What are those characteristics if they're summarized by unfailing love and faithfulness? Here's just a couple of them. We believe love. We believe that Jesus came to show us actually what love is. And he said, go love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the way that you do that is by loving other people, loving your neighbor as yourself. You want to talk about love and who God really is? It's at the root of who God is. Jesus not only had love, he had joy. I truly believe Jesus was a joy-filled guy if you look at his life. That's why his first miracle at a wedding was to turn water into wine and keep the party going. Because I believe he was just joy. He expressed joy. He was joyful. Not only was it love and joy, but it was peace that described the life of Jesus. In fact, peace was so important to him. He said, if you're in the temple and you haven't made peace with someone, go leave. Make whatever is wrong right with someone before you come back in here. Go make peace with your brother. Go experience and give forgiveness. Forgiveness is our next one. Jesus lived a life full of forgiveness. He forgave every single one of us. He lived a life full of humility. Think of how humble he was, who was there in the beginning and will be there at the end, the ever-present creator of all things. And he humbled himself to come to earth to live with us. He showed courage. It was another characteristic of his life. Because you know what? I know that he was God, but I could have never did what he did. He lived a perfect life and then died and rose again so that every one of us could live. He had friends. He exhibited friendship, right? He put some close guys around him to just do life with and to teach and train, and they carried on his message. He lived a life of responsibility, right? He knew what was required of him, and he did it. He lived a life rooted in wisdom, making wise decisions from start to finish. He lived a life of compassion for others, specifically those who were outcasts of the time specifically those who were oppressed, specifically those who didn't have what the ruling establishment of the time had. 
He was obedient. He was obedient to God the Father, part of the Holy Trinity that we know of. He was gentle. He never, ever, ever needed to scorn when someone was out of line because he knew that that necessarily didn't work the way that it was supposed to. He was gentle. He was patient, right? You know patience is difficult. Patience is hard, especially when you think something should be right or done long before it is. Not only was he patient, but he was kind and he experienced self-control. Those were characteristics of the life of Jesus. And I could go on and on, and I could list more and, and look at more. Those are just a couple. This is why this is so important for us to get. This is why this is so important for us to understand. Because people will oftentimes say to me, Hey, Adam, who is God really? People often wonder who God really is. What is he like? This massive creator of the universe that we always don't understand. That we don't get all of him. People often wonder who God really is. You want to know the answer? The answer is simple and practical. But it's so true and so real. If you want to know who God really is, you do something. You look at the life of Jesus. Because here's something that I believe. I believe that Jesus came to save humanity. I believe that we, when we say yes to inviting him into our life and accepting him as Messiah and Savior, are made right with the creator of the universe. I believe that. I would say that every single week from this stage to anybody who would hear my voice. I believe that. But I also believe this. I believe that Jesus came not only to save humanity, but I believe Jesus came to show the world the true character of God. I believe that that's true. And that Jesus came to show a broken world, a world that so desperately needs a creator, a world that so desperately needs a God that's different than human beings, to show this world the true character of God and who God really is. So we've kind of put this question out there. And every week we want to put the question back on the screen and answer it. As we look through the book of John, as we look at what the best friend of Jesus had to say about him, we believe that it's so important to do that. Why did he come to earth? To show us who God really is and how to live our one life. We believe that's why he came to earth. To show us who God is and how to really live our one life. I don't know when the last time that you've thought about your own life introspectively was. When you actually took into consideration that you get one over and over and over again, that you get one life. And some of us get a longer crack at it than others. But I believe that if you want to figure out how to know who God is and how to absolutely live the best life that you could ever have, we have to look at the life of Jesus and emulate our actions after his, understanding that that is actually emulating the life of God. So every week at DHC, we put a word on the screen, and it's this. It's practical. Hey, what can we hear from this message and put into practice on Monday that we heard about on Sunday? It's really important for us to do this. It's really important for us to look at this over and over. Well, outside of the book of John, there is one of my favorite verses in the entire scripture. 
Because this verse talks about how Jesus lived, expands on the unfailing love and faithfulness idea. And it's not in the book of John, it's in the book of Luke. It's in the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 52. In fact, I've been studying this verse for about the last 17 years of my life. Ever since I've been a part of a local church, this has been one of the most important verses that I could ever land on. And it's this, this is what it says. And it's interesting that I'm putting a verse in the practical, but I want to talk about it and unpack it. Here's what it says. It says in Luke 2.52, Jesus grew as he lived his life, his time on earth. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with two entities, God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And if we're going to understand who God is and why he came to earth, it was so he could teach us who God really was, understanding the character of God and then understanding how to live. So what's the practical? Based on the life of Jesus walking this earth? Here's the first one. It's all based on this verse. Make wise choices. In your life, Stop asking the question, what is the right thing to do and what is the wrong thing to do? Instead, we ask ourselves this question around here a lot. You've heard this if you've been around here for any length of time. If you're new, you will hear this, I guarantee you. We ask ourselves this question, not is it right or wrong, not is it legal or permissible, but is it the wise thing to do based on my past experiences, current circumstances, and future hopes and dreams, is this the wise thing to do? And the reason we ask that question is because Jesus lived a life filled with wisdom. And the next thing that Luke 2.52 says is that Jesus did something else, is that he grew in faith. He grew with God. He understood what it meant to spend time in prayer and to spend time in the scriptures. This is important for us to get if we're going to emulate his life. So not only did he make wise choices, but he grew in faith. And then lastly, it says he didn't just grow with God. He grew with somebody else, a man, right? So one of the things that we just say is this, is you make wise choices. We think you should grow in faith. And then you know what you should do around here? You should develop lasting friendships. I just believe this. I believe that some of the people who've ever had my best interest at heart, I've met inside the context of a local church. That doesn't mean that I don't have friends outside of the local church. I do, a lot of them, right? But I believe in developing lasting friendships. I don't believe in it just because it's made my life more joyful or it's made it better. It has, but I believe in it because I believe Jesus first modeled that for us. Luke 2.52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. And some of the best friends I've made in my entire life, I've made the last two years, just as we've started downtown Harbor Church. It's important because I believe that Jesus did something when he came to earth. Why did he come to earth? What did his best friend say? I just believe that Jesus came to earth to show a broken world the true character of God. I believe that's what he did. You want to know who God is? Look at the life of Jesus. That should tell you. He's filled with those amazing traits and characteristics that we mentioned before. Love and peace and gentleness and courage and responsibility. That's who God is. If we understand that, then we actually have an understanding of the ununderstandable. 
We actually have an understanding of something that we'll never be able to fully wrap our mind around. Yet, if we look at the life of Jesus, we can start to just inch toward that understanding in a way that is practical and real and at one point in human history lived among us. That's how important his life was. That's why he came to earth, so that we could see who God really, really is. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for who you are and what you do. And I just pray, Lord, that you would allow the folks in this room who are hearing this, or anybody who can hear my voice online who might be listening to us online, I just pray that you would allow your spirit to fill this place or someone's heart. That we would understand that, Jesus, when you actually walked the earth, that you had a purpose, not only to die so that we could live if we believe in you, and we believe that that is true, but you came to show us who God really is at the end of the day. And Jesus, sometimes we just gloss over that. Sometimes we're just so quick to get through this life to get to the next one that we forget that you not only saved us, but you taught us how to live. So God, I pray for every person in this room right now that we would just make wise decisions we would have faith in you and that we would develop lasting friendships. Not because it's just a good idea, but because it's how you lived. You grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. We believe that. And so help us to do that as well as we seek after you with all of our hearts. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.